Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. This episode is brought to you by La Quinta by Wyndham. Your work can take you all over the place, like Texas. You've never been, but it's going to be great because you're staying at La Quinta by Wyndham. Their free bright side breakfast will give you energy for the day ahead. And after, you can unwind using their free high-speed Wi-Fi. Tonight, La Quinta. Tomorrow, you shine. Book your stay today at LQ.com. The Joe Pags Show. To talk to Joe, call 888-941-PAGS. And now, it's Joe Pags. Great to have you. Thanks for stopping by. Lots going on. Lots to get to. Senator Rayan Paul at the bottom of this hour. We're going to talk about the budget ceiling, about how Biden is going to negotiate. That's what Rayan Paul says. About Ukraine and all the money sent there. About gain of function and Fauci and the NIH and so on. Really, really cool interview with Rand Paul. Make sure you stick around for that. Also, it's Chris Reddy on the program. He's the CEO of Newsmax. We're going to talk about the censorship he says is happening to his network by DirecTV and AT&T. And uh, what's interesting is there are a lot of members of Congress that are jo- jumping on that bandwagon and saying that's exactly what happened. Those of you who used to watch Newsmax on AT&T or, or, um, or DirecTV on cable or satellite, you know it's gone now. And the reasons why AT&T said it happened are not the reasons Chris Ruddy says that it happened. And I wanted to make sure I had him on to, to clear that up on a Wednesday. Woo! That is a hump day. Chocolate voice, what's up? That's Carrie getting it done. Sam in the house. Polo as well. Break it down. Raising the roof over here. Nobody else cool like I am. I'm doing the, the, swim, the swimming in the ocean. Look at that, swimming in the ocean. Come on, swimming. No? The, the wave. Harry, nobody's doing the wave with me. I look stupid. Yeah, please stop. Uh-huh. That's right. I like playing video games. I have my, just about my entire life. Uh, I remember when Atari came out, those old enough remember Pong was all the rage. Can you believe we played Pong and thought that was cool? I know. I know, isn't that you know, so yeah. silly? But yeah, for that, for, I thought it was those, so exciting. Yeah. For those who don't know, you were one line on one side of the, of the, of the screen, and the, the opponent was the other line, and there was a little bouncing yeah. ball between you. And uh, how did people even win? Did, I guess it had to go faster and faster. Otherwise, how could I you ever miss did. the little thing? Yeah, it did get faster and faster as the game went on. So, so we had oh, that was the Atari twenty six hundred. Later, they had the, the the Atari fifty two hundred. We didn't have a whole lot of money when I was growing up. What's that? 
We had the Intellivision one. Oh, did you have Intellivision? Atari. Nice. We had Intellivision. Yeah. yeah. I had ColecoVision yeah. was the next step up from Atari as well. Actually, I didn't have ColecoVision. My friend Bruce did, and I would play it over at his house. And, and we, we were both baseball players growing up in Little League and in high school, and uh, we would play baseball and ColecoVision. It was so rudimentary that when somebody hit the ball to the outfield, the, the sort of pixelated guys, all three outfielders would move at once. You couldn't separate which outfielder was moving. <laughs> It was like a yeah. you move over and try to catch this, and it wasn't really a ball. It was a little square, a little white square that would go out, and uh, yeah, it was just. But we, we played it for hours. It was great, mm-hmm. and um, yeah. you know now I play Fortnite. You know I'm, I, I've got the advanced computer stuff, and I'm still enjoying it even at my advanced age. And I'll, I'll never forget when we lived in us uh, in uh, the Schenectady area of New York in Iskayuna, New York. We had a, we had a great house right there by the TV station where I used to work. I don't know if you heard. I was a TV news anchor. I don't know if you knew that. What? And did yeah. you win any awards? Wow, thanks for asking. I did. I wasn't going to bring mm. that up. I did. I won a lot okay. of journalism well, awards. Okay. <laughs> I won several there, uh, as a matter of fact. I'll break those down someday. But, um, oh, please. So uh, I remember playing a video game, and, and my wife said, you just going to play a video game all day? And I said, you know, I thought about it. Because it was like like a Saturday I was really trying to chill. Now, I used to do a Saturday yeah. talk show there. So I, any downtime I had, I tried to just really chill and relax as, as yeah. best I could. And I remember saying to her, because then I must have been 30-something, and I said, I thought about it, and I asked myself, self, when you're 50, are you going to play video games? And my answer was, yeah, I think I will. So, and at that point, she said, oh, okay. And then she walked away. It didn't give me a hard time anymore, because I guess she thought it was a phase. I was like, have you met me? I've done this, like, forever. Oh, it's no phase. This is, yeah. oh, yeah. No, this is my way of really trying to chill out. But, yeah. um... I know Sam loved The Sims. Sam, correct me if I'm wrong. I'm pretty sure that you loved The Sims. Like, you were all about The Sims. And, uh, and you could send me a message to, to let me know. I, I'm, I'm almost positive you loved The Sims. And I know that Gabby loves The Sims even now. And I think it's up to Sims 4. Sam, for some reason, I, I seem to remember that you, you were into Sims 2. Am I correct about that? I think that's what it was. Um, oh, you still play. Okay, good. Um, and again, she's here, but we can't hear her. She's not on a microphone. I know that Gabby loves The Sims, too. And, um, in fact, came out and told us about her family. I was like, what is that? She's oh, it's on Sims. Like a whole family of people that, that you have. It's, it's simulating life. And uh, I guess that's cool. Sort of role play or, or management of, of a family or of an area or of a city. And that's kind of cool. Um, Sam likes to build houses on there, she's telling me. So I never thought anything positive nor negative about Sims other than I thought that it was a good, wholesome way for my kids to play a video game where they were interacting not necessarily with real people, but with AI, and, and they could just sort of build homes and houses and communities, and, and, uh, and they could own businesses and go home and uh, eat dinner and whatever else. And I guess if you didn't feed the people, they'd die. I mean, like, you had to really manage it, right? Well, now Sims has gone, like, beyond. And I don't know mm-hmm. why this was necessary. And I don't know why every corporation seems to be catering to the most minute part of our, of our human race. The smallest percentage is getting so much sway and so much attention and so much hype and so much spotlight. It makes me crazy. Uh, Carrie Phyllis in because Sims has decided to make a radical stupid move, in my opinion. From Fox News, a video game series that's marketed to children is coming under attack for its recent update, allowing characters to have double mastectomy scars and chest binders. The Sims 4, which calls itself the ultimate life simulation game on its website, announced Tuesday it would allow players to give characters top scars that come from breast removal surgery. The announcement drew a swift backlash online with many gamers and parents expressing horror that a game, especially one that's marketed to children, would promote transgender surgery. 
surgeries. And the popular Twitter account, Libs TikTok, shared the update with its over 1.8 million followers. They're teaching young, healthy girls it's okay to chop off their breasts. Atrocious, America First legal president Stephen Miller said. God, this sucks, one political commentator tweeted. Another user wrote, he would never let his kids play the game. If my kids had this, I'd delete it. I hope you get involved in a lawsuit. I don't understand the meaning of it because here's what I know. And I've, I've been completely consistent with this, not in a KJP way. I actually have been consistent. If you're 18 years old or older and you want to undergo surgery and pretend that you're the opposite gender, I'm a freedom and liberty guy. I don't care. But I don't want to hear about teachers hiding the preferred pronouns from students' parents. I don't want to hear about little kids being brought to drag shows and putting dollar bills down the, down the underwear of men dressed as women. And I don't want to hear about mutilating children. I, I'm going to go ahead and say it. I'm against mutilating children. I'm against removing the breasts or, or doing anything with the boys' genitals. I'm against any of that. Again, when you're 18 or older, you're an adult. You can be drafted to go and fight in a war. You can, you can do all sorts of things. You can run for mayor in some places. You can vote. I think at that point, you're seen as an adult by most people. You make any dumb decision you want. I'm a freedom and liberty guy as long as it doesn't affect me negatively. But this is literally preying on children now. You've got many of these so-called medical facilities that were offering these surgeries to minors. They were doing that. They lied and said that they weren't. They were outed. They were uncovered by places like Libs of TikTok. We've had um, you know, Chaya Rachik on the show. She's the founder. She's, um, she's just exposing what the left is doing using their own words, their own websites, their own TikToks. But why would you ever need... Sam, tell me in the chat how old you were when you started playing Sims. Were you a teenager? Were you less than 18 years old? You were nine? Wow. Can you imagine, Carrie, your nine-year-old daughter seeing a simulation mm-hmm. of a human being who had her breasts cut off and had top scars in a video no, game I that can't. you're playing just to just to to keep a society, a community up and running? It's not about sex. I don't think it's about sexual orientation. I don't think it's about about gender ID. It's just a game where you simulate life in a city that you're building. Can you imagine a nine-year-old girl seeing that? I mean, what's going to go through her mind? No, I I can't imagine that, actually. Mm-mm. Certainly not nine. It doesn't make any sense. This is not an, an adults-only game. This is literally um, marketed to children. And I, get, I, I try to be rational in my thought process, no matter what the thought process is. And I can't think of what the rationale is to expose children to this unless you want to confuse more children and force more children to put themselves in this position. And to question what's going on. It's why I'm so outspoken against ever allowing your child to claim he or she is the opposite gender. It's your job as the parent to say, no, you're not. I'll show you why. I know you feel that way, honey. I get it. But here's why you're not. And when they turn 18, after they go through puberty, after they go through changes that we all go through in life, if they still feel that way, they can take action on their own. But to support them in this confusion is nuts. And by the way, any game program company that would promote this is trying to confuse more kids. And I don't know why, unless they somehow profit from these surgeries. And I don't know if they do or they don't. My assumption would be they don't. Maybe they do. Who knows?
Your thoughts, 888-941-PAGS, 888-941-7247, JoePags.com. Coming right back. Stay here. This is the Joe Pags Show. Thanks, I appreciate you stopping by. 888-941-PAGS, JoePags.com. Rand Paul in about 12, 13 minutes from now, so make sure you stick around for that. We talk about Ukraine. We talk about the budget, the, the debt ceiling, how Biden is going to negotiate, whether he likes it or not. We talk about the NIH, gain of function, all sorts of stuff. Make sure that you join us for that. It's going to be in about 11 or 12 minutes from now. Uh, Senator Rand Paul, the great state of Kentucky. Always great information from Rand Paul because he doesn't pull any punches. He says what he means, means what he says, and we really, really like that. Hey, listen, Valentine's Day is around the corner, and you probably haven't bought anything yet. You probably haven't even thought about it yet, guys. But you need to do something. You can get her something that feels great every time she puts it on. Soft, silky, naturally nude pajamas available exclusively at Pajamagram. Sexy, sultry, naturally nude pajamas feel just like her soft skin, even more alluring than lingerie. The texture and touch of these pajamas, so seductive that you're both going to love the feel of them. I almost feel I have to do this for this. She's going to love the feeling, girl, of wearing next to nothing at all. Order today. Say, say it like that, guys. Uh, save 25%. Use code NUDE, N-U-D-E. That's a 25% savings on a best-selling Valentine's Day gift. Pajamagram is even going to wrap the whole gift up for free. 25% off of naturally nude pajamas. Feel, and feel free to get this free gift packaging, too, for the same price. If you missed out on this offer during Christmas, don't make the same mistake twice. Get her this great gift right now. Here's what you do. Go to pajamagram.com right now. Pajamagram.com. Use code NUDE. N-U-D-E, and save 25% off your order of naturally nude pajamas. Make sure you tell them Joe Pags sent you to Pajamagram. All right, we've got a bunch of senators and a bunch of uh, a bunch of re- representatives who are Democrats claiming that it's wrong and it's against the integrity of the United States for anybody to suggest that you have to negotiate to raise the debt ceiling. Carrie, do you think they don't know that we have video of them from like 11, 12 years ago? I'm going to say they probably do know we have that. I mean, they should know. Mm-hmm. Let, let's just go down the list because you've got these people, these loudmouth people all claiming, and Biden's claiming, that you can't negotiate to raise the debt ceiling, that you have to, in fact, just do it and not, and not want anything in return. Well, here's John Kerry from 11 years ago, 12 years ago. Now, the problem is we've got to reach across the aisle and negotiate. We've got to come to agreement. And right now, there's not a lot of negotiating going on. I would ask the senator if he doesn't agree that there's an enormous difference between uh, the senator a moment ago said if he had gotten his way. But the whole point is everybody knew he wasn't about to get his way. That was a truly symbolic vote. Today, however, is it not true we are on the brink of a default and the absence of negotiation or the absence of a settlement presents us with a far more serious consequence to the unwillingness to raise the debt ceiling today. John Kerry wanted to negotiate 12 years ago. But he probably was alone. Nobody else probably wanted that. Our members were very encouraged. We are regularly briefed by Mr. Van Hollen and our leader, Mr. Clyburn, on the bipartisan nature of those talks about the uh, good faith and uh, initiative that is being taken there and that working together, if we are determined to reduce the deficit, we will. 
and we will have of that message in a timely fashion so that we cannot default on our debt in a timely fashion, and hopefully that will be soon. That's weird. That was Nancy Pelosi. Carrie, she appeared to want to negotiate two 12 years ago. Mm, she did. Yeah. What? Sound like it. Probably just those two, though. Time and again, Democrats have shown that we are willing to compromise to avert catastrophe and default. Unfortunately, at every turn, Republicans in the House have blocked any chance for progress and continue to put us in a very dangerous path. I am hopeful that the deadline will produce a compromise, that the talks will be productive. Wow. Richard Blumenthal from Connecticut, he's a senator. He wanted, he wanted some talks and to negotiate and compromise, too. But, Carrie, probably just those three, right? Mm, I'm going to say no. Really? Yeah. In the coming weeks, my Republican friends will have to make a very serious decision. Are they going to get serious about working with us to find a bipartisan solution to our debt crisis? Or are they going to put partisan politics above the good of the country? Are they going to say it has to be our way, all the way, 100%, no revenues? Or we're going to force the country to default? Or will they put the good of the country and compromise above narrow, ideological, often fear-driven politics? Mr. President, in conclusion, I'm an optimist. I believe my colleagues will come around and join us in finding a bipartisan way forward. Kerry, if you had to to characterize what Chuck Schumer just said, do you think he's asking Mm -hmm. for negotiation or no, no negotiation? I can't tell. Negotiation. Oh, that's 12 years ago. He doesn't want to negotiate today, though. But those four probably are alone, right? No, I don't think so. Get out of here. No. We also know that finding a compromise on the debt limit is critical if we want to avoid plunging our economy back into chaos. And we know that many of these tax breaks just don't make sense. So I urge my colleagues, let's look at the facts. Let's work together for what we all know needs to happen. Reduce the deficit, raise the debt limit, and keep America working. Democrat Gene Shaheen. Well, that's weird. That's five. I mean, it's kind of a pattern. Do you think they're alone, though? Those five are alone, Carrie? I do not think they're alone. Well, this one might really grab you. I don't think the American people are interested in blaming somebody. They want people to fix problems and offer solutions. They're not interested in finger pointing, and neither am I. What I want to do is get the business of the American people done. Um, Now, we'll have time to have a long discussion about uh, next year's budget, as well as the long-term debt and deficit issues, where we're going to have some very tough negotiations. And there are going to be, I think, very sharply contrasting visions in terms of where we should move the country. That's a legitimate debate to have. By the way, part of the reason that debate is going to be important is because that's where 88% of the budget is. What we're spending weeks and weeks and weeks arguing about is actually only 12% of the budget and is not going to significantly uh, dent the deficit or the debt. So I'm looking forward to having that conversation. But right now we've got some business in front of us that needs to be done. Uh, And that is making sure that 
We are cutting spending in a significant way. I mean, that was then-President Barack Obama, for God's sakes. Carrie, it sounded like he wanted to negotiate. It did, yeah. But Joe Biden said, I'm not going to negotiate. <laughs> it's so dumb. We talked to Rand Paul about that, and certainly we're going to talk about the soundbite you just heard. And for those who are watching, we're going to talk about what you just saw. Democrat after Democrat after Democrat could not wait to negotiate 12 years ago. And yes, the debt ceiling was raised under Obama, but a whole lot of spending cuts were also brought in. The cost cutting was done by the Republicans. That's what you have to do. If you want any more credit, you've got to show how you're going to pay it down. And if you don't, what what makes you think you're going to get it? But the last thing is that's ever going to happen is Joe Biden's not going to negotiate. That's just not going to happen. Trust me. 888-941-PAGS, JoePags.com. Rand Paul, when we come back. Stay right here. Don't be an A-dub. Stay with the Joe Pags Show.